in chapter 12. Jack was awakened by the ringing of his alarm. He reached out to stop the bell and noticed that it had not affected Zero. He's sinking into himself, he thought. All he wants to do is sleep, to blot out the miseries of his existence. Once dressed, he took out the plan of campaign so that he would not have to rely on his memory for the new instructions he was to receive. His memory had never been good, but he felt it was getting worse. He then roused Zero, and quietly they padded out of the house. He was right at the bottom of the garden when he saw, to his astonishment, a solitary figure sitting on the rustic seat overlooking the meadow. It was Grandpa. He was so still, and it was so amazing that he should be there at all that Jack wondered if he had dropped off to sleep there the previous evening and had sat there all night gathering dew. Jack edged carefully round to see him front ways on. His eyes were open all right. In fact, they turned and rested on Jack himself. Hello, Grandpa, he shouted. No need to shout, said Grandpa mildly. He turned his gaze away again over the meadow. Just listening to the birds. <laughs> listening to the birds, Jack thought. So he is S.D. <coughs> if Grandpa could hear the dawn chorus but not Grandma, then that was the only possible explanation. It was as if his thoughts were being read. I can hear better first thing before anybody's about, Grandpa said. My hearing seems to get worse as the day goes on. <laughs> Jack nodded slowly. He could see what he meant. Bagthorpe days were long, trying affairs. <laughs> His own faculties often felt bruised by the end of some of them. New aid's better, of course. Grandpa tapped it. So far, so good. Have to see how the weather affects it. <laughs> yes, agreed Jack. Anyway, I'm jolly glad, Grandpa, and the birds do sound smashing. I came out to listen to them myself, partly, going for a walk across the wood. He was still speaking loudly from long habit, and pointed at the wood as he spoke, as if explaining to a young child or Atlanta. "'Wish I'd got the legs to go with you,' Grandpa told him. "'Could have walked the legs off any of you when I was a boy.' <laughs> "'I bet you could,' said Jack, though the notion of Grandpa ever having been a boy took him by surprise. "'Bye, then. See you at breakfast.' "'Get that dog of yours to catch a rabbit,' Grandpa shouted after him. Jack turned and waved. Hear that, Zero? he said. You're to catch a rabbit. <laughs> Once clear of the garden, he broke <sighs> He broke into a jog to get himself into some kind of training for when he had to keep up with Uncle Parker. He was already fitter than he had been on the first rendezvous because of all the hours of stick-fetching he had put in. As he jogged along, he thought again about Grandpa and how amazing it was that he should ever have been a boy and gone rabbiting before breakfast. Rabbiting? Hunting rabbits. And following on this thought came the one that he, himself, might one day be somebody's grandpa, and wear a hearing aid, and get up early to listen to the dawn chorus. He then tried to imagine the others old, William, Tess, and Rosie, and wondered where they would all be and what they would all be doing. And what with these thoughts and the golden brilliance of the morning and the satisfying rhythm he had now achieved, the whole business of not being a genius seemed to fall into place, and become suddenly quite unimportant. He thought of his campaign to become a prophet and a phenomenon, and actually laughed out loud. "'Me, a prophet,' he said to Zero, "'and you, the chosen dog of a prophet,' and laughed again. This was not to say that he was going to abandon the whole scheme. On the contrary, it seemed more exciting than ever. He was enjoying it. All it really meant was that, in the moment, 
In that moment, he abandoned any idea he might have had of ever becoming a phenomenon or a genius. Playing the part of one for a time and shaking up the others was quite a different thing. I've shaken them all up, he thought with satisfaction, even Mrs. Fosdyke. <sighs> he mentally went through the family and found that he had indeed shaken them all, with the possible exception of Grandpa. Indirectly, he and Zero had done Grandpa a good turn. If his hearing aid had not been lost in Grandma's birthday fire, he would not have been out sitting in the early sun and listening to the birds. By now, Jack was two fields away from home and out of sight. His timing had been perfect. There was Uncle Parker now, rounding the copse and kicking up spray. Rounding the copse. I think it's a group of trees in the meadow. Back to the knoll, he called without stopping, and Jack fell in beside him. Did you know, asked Uncle Parker after a while, that your father's shrubbery nearly went up last night? Went up? You mean fire? I mean Daisy, said Uncle Parker grimly. Not content with losing a fistful of cracker mottoes and having a fire in her doll's house, broadening her activities. She really is what father said she was then. A pyro, whatever it was. Pyromaniac. Begins to look like it. Wasn't born one, I'm sure of it. It was that birthday party job that set her off. Keeps trying to recapture the excitement, I suppose. Natural enough. I suppose so, Jack agreed. Started a fire with some books at her play school yesterday, went on Uncle Parker. Luckily, she was in the sand pit at the time. For heaven's sake, don't tell your father. <laughs> I won't, Jack promised. There is something you can do for me, though. If ever Daisy comes round to your place with Celia, and I'm not there, just give her a quick frisk for matches, will you? Of course, Jack told him. Hasn't found out how to do it rubbing two sticks together yet, said Uncle Parker, though I suppose it's only a matter of time. She might grow out of it, Jack suggested. It might be just a passing phase. Might be. He sounded dubious. Let's hope we all live to find out. I've bought five fire extinguishers anyway. <laughs> At the knoll, Uncle Parker went off to shower and change, as before, and Jack sat and listened to the birds and gave Zira a pep talk. Never forget, he told him, that it's your own opinion of yourself that matters, not other people's. Mrs. Bagthorpe often told people this in her letters about their problems. <clears throat> Uncle Parker was carrying his own plan of campaign when he reappeared. Now, he said briskly, big developments. Good, Jack said. We carry on with prong one of the attack as usual. You know, the odd mysterious impression slipped in here and there as and when you see an opening. Right, Jack noted it down. Prong two I'll come back to in a minute, Uncle Parker told him. Start a fresh page and head at prong three, and at the side of it write dowsing. Oh, we're starting that, are we? You must diversify, Uncle Parker told him, if you're going to keep that lot on their toes. Have several strings to my bow, you mean? Jack had not thought he would live to see the day. He really was getting to be equal. You have already sown the seeds of doubt in their minds. You have seen things behind their ears. You have made a prophecy that was fulfilled. And you have also made a prophecy about a giant bubble. <sighs> I wish I knew what all this about a giant bubble is, Jack said. You will in time. 
Let's come back to prong three. You have to be seen to be a full-time phenomenon. It is no use spending the odd few minutes a day having visions and then carrying on as normal the rest of the time. It doesn't convince. You have reached the stage of becoming a full-timer. When you are not seeing things past people's ears or looking into your crystal ball, you must be seen to be doing other equally baffling things. Do you take my point? Jack said that he did. So, this is it. Uncle Parker reached under the stone bench and fetched out a forked hazel branch. Now watch me. He took a fork in each hand and began to walk steadily forward with his palms turned upward and his gaze steadily fixed on the tip of the twig. This is how you must hold it. You'll find it all in the manual, but it's easier to understand if you actually see it done. Here, you have a go. 